Amen. Amen. How, how are we doing? I would love you to turn to the pe- person next to you, whether you're at home, whether you're here, whoever's sat next to you, and say, God thinks you're amazing, and I think he might be right. And if you're at home, not sat next to anyone, then let me say to you, God thinks you're amazing. And I think he might be right. It's been, I don't know, much been going on for you the last 18 months? How's it been? Because it feels a bit weird, right? And um, it seems to me, seems to me that um, everywhere I look, Pretty much everyone I speak to, everywhere I go, we're all a bit stressed, aren't we? Do you find that? Like, it's not necessarily big stuff that we're losing it over. Like, we can have all sorts of stuff going on, really huge stuff going on that we don't know how to handle, and then we walk into the supermarket, and our favourite cheese is out of stock, and that's it. <laughs> we just fall apart, going, not the cheese, anything but the cheese, I needed the cheese. Whatever it might be, it can be this, it seems to be it's the trivial things. I was in a, I was in a store the other day. And uh, I ventured out, and I went to a store, and I bought something in a store that wasn't a supermarket. Quite a thing. And, um, and I got to the checkout. Well, I got to the queue for the checkout. And as I arrived to the queuing area, there was this woman had just arrived in front of me. So there was her, and then there was me, and there was someone being served. And that you know, took a few seconds, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and then she moved on. And the woman in front of me got called forward, and she went to serve. And she put her trousers on the counter and... And then unleashed a, a tirade of abuse at this poor cashier going, why is there only one cashier on? What's she doing over there? Why can't she be serving? Why are we having to queue? I'm looking around going, I'm the queue. What's the... Like, what's wrong with you? She goes, this is why this place is going to close down and you're all going to lose your jobs. And paid and walked off. I was like, did I miss something? Are you, are you okay? I, well, I went to, I, and I got called forward. And I just walked well, I went, I just wanted to give her a hug. Now, I couldn't because she used perspex for her and I couldn't get close to her. But if I wanted to, I just wanted to give her a hug. I was like, oh my goodness, is that, are you all right? She's like, oh yeah, it happens all the time. I was like, really? And then I was chatting to someone else who works in one of our major supermarkets and has done for a long time before the pandemic and throughout the pandemic and a month ago left. And I was like, so, and a career change and all that sort of stuff. But she just went, I was done. I was just done with people being so unkind, so rude, so unpleasant. I just couldn't put up with it anymore. And it seems to me that maybe we vent our frustration in places that aren't... I don't really think the queue was that lady's problem. I suspect she had a myriad of other stresses in her life, and it was the queue that got it. And so it was the cashier who got it. And I don't know whether he's... You know, and I don't know what it is for you. I find myself increasingly irritated at drivers who are indecisive. <laughs> I kind of go, what's that about? Why does it matter? I've got all the time. I'm not rushing anywhere. We're okay. But then I just, you just kind of 
reacts in you, going, that's weird. Like, it's really important, I think, that we listen to ourselves, listen to our emotions. I think there's a lot of stress around, there's a lot of anxiety around. We're all feeling it. If you feel like no one else is feeling it and it's just you, let me reassure you, we're all feeling it. And I just think it's really important that we take care of ourselves in this time. And as we come together as church, and it is beautiful to be able to gather with so many people um, in the room. Um, and we kind of have this, I mean, you catch yourself on saying it, don't you go, oh, that's going to be nice to get back to normal. And then you almost before you finish the sentence, you're going, I don't remember normal. And I'm pretty sure that whatever normal's about to be, it's not what normal was. And I don't think we're ever, oh, maybe normal was just a thing that happened before, but don't think it happens now. And you kind of, nothing feels quite the same as it was, right? And um, everything's a little bit strange. And we walk back in the room and you recognise about 40% of the people. If, you're, if, if you've joined us over the last 18 months and or two years or so, and you're kind of going, oh my goodness, I don't know anyone here. Neither do we. It's all right. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're, you're in the majority, it would appear. So as we look around, we're kind of going, oh my goodness, who is everybody? We cannot wait to get to know you. You are so welcome to be here. We are delighted that you are here, but there is way more than you than you imagine. So, um, this morning, I really wanted to talk about. Um, I really wanted to talk about Joshua one nine, which Coralie interestingly just referred to. Um, I'm going to see if my PowerPoint. Yeah, so we've been looking at our series on three six five. Three six five is our our values and our mission statement and our and our vision. Um, and we have three words in our mission statement. So we want to live out faith, hope, and love in our community. Um, and so that's our three. And we have six um, values. We have story and um, connected and relationship and generosity and transformation and creativity. And then we have five vision statements that we want to see Jesus wholeheartedly known, deep, wholeheartedly worship, deeply known and clearly um, experienced. We want to turn the tide of relational breakdown um, wherever we serve. We want to be a resource to the wider kingdom and see transformation um, wherever we serve. We want to um, see renewal and we want renewal to happen in us and through us because we believe that God is up to something and that we, God is... <laughs> We've been talking to us for a while about a move of renewal that is going to happen, and we want to be part of that, whatever that looks like. And also that we want to, um, around justice, we want to live lives that are generous and in harmony with the restoration of all things and the conservation of our planet, and that we want to live lives that are just. We want to meet the needs of people who suffer injustice, and we want to challenge the systems that create that injustice. And so there's three um, words in our, in our mission statement, there's six values and there's five vision statements, and so we call it our 365 because we want to live this out every day. And this is a series that we're working on, and we've just worked through our, our mission, first off, and we've worked through our values, and we're about to, over the next few weeks, look into our vision statements. And that's what we're about here. We want to live this out, every one of us, every day, everywhere, living out these, this mission statement and these values and these vision, wherever we are. 
And today what I want to talk about is Joshua 1. Because Joshua 1 um, is a key moment in Scripture. You've you've heard us talk before about the Israelites. and Israelites were in slavery in Egypt and they get freed from slavery. God saves them miraculously in Egypt and that's their Passover and the plagues. And then God brings them out of Egypt and he gives them the Ten Commands and he tells them how to be a community and to be a society and how he wants them to live, to be a people who reflect him and bless the world. Um, God blesses the world through them and this is who he wants them to be and he is set up this promised land for them that he wants to give them, that he had promised them for generations. And God is saying, I'm going to fulfill that promise that I've been giving you for generations now. But they're too afraid, and they walk away. And so they end up, actually, for 40 years, for the remaining three books of the Bible, um, of the the first five books of the Bible, um, wandering around in the wilderness, getting themselves into all sorts of trouble. And then, at the beginning of Joshua, Moses has died, Joshua is taking over. They are at the edge of the Jordan River with Jericho just on the other side and the promised land in front of them. And God says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan, here to go in and take possession of the land your Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, gave, Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. So these tribes, so there are 12 tribes in Israel, and they're all going to go into the promised land. But there were these two tribes who said, We don't want to go into the land. We want to stay here in the wilderness, just on the edge, just the other side of the river. And so God is talking to them. He said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you um, east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord the God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. So, why do we want to talk about that this morning? 
Well, because it feels like it has some resonance for me. It feels like we've come to this moment of change, of transition. We've just been, well, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. We've been living a bizarre reality for the last 18 months. And maybe we feel tired. I think everyone feels tired, right? I think maybe you feel tired. Maybe you feel stressed. Maybe you feel anxious. Maybe you've had enough. Maybe you feel disconnected, lonely. Maybe you think everyone else knows what's going on and you haven't got a clue. Again, none of us know what's going on. None of us particularly got a clue. So, you're not alone. But everything seems to be in a way that makes us feel quite alone, doesn't it? And it just feels like... You know, God came to these people and said, remember the promises that I gave you and I gave your forefathers, I gave your ancestors. I am going to bring those promises to fruition. Now you're going to see those promises come to reality. You're going into a new land and you do not know what it looks like. But be strong, be courageous, because I am with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous because whatever it looks like, God is with us. And so be strong and courageous. And there are some principles here that I would really like for us to pull out. Seems to me the first thing God says to them is be faithful. He says, remember the promises that I gave you. Well, we're going to see those come to fruit. And what I want you to do, what I want you to do is I want you to be faithful. I want you to commit. I want you to be all in. I want you to trust me. I want you to go with this. And the things that I've called you to do, the law that I gave you, I want you to abide by it. I want you to follow it. Be faithful in everything you do. And I believe at this moment... One of the principles that God is calling us to is to be faithful, to see through the things that he has called us to, to be the church that God has called us to be, to live out the 365 in every way that we can. And for each of us as individuals, what is it that God is calling you to? Because God has called us to be here. God has called us to be part of this church, in this place, at this time, wherever you are online. God has called us to be here. And so let's be faithful to that. Let's be committed to that. What is it that God's been calling you to do? Is there something that you've kind of had a sense that God's been calling you to do for a while, that maybe the pandemic got in the way. Or maybe you just didn't feel or don't feel like you're ready yet. Maybe you don't feel like you can quite afford it yet. Or maybe you don't feel like it's quite the time yet. Or maybe, and maybe God is saying, no, no, be faithful to what I've called you to do and to who I've called you to be. Maybe now's the time to stop putting it off and waiting until we're ready. And stepping into what God's calling us to do and who God's calling us to be. The second principle is he calls us to be focused. He says, I want you to meditate on this word day and night. I want you to 
like, I want you to work it into your soul and write it onto your hearts and invest it into your children. Be focused. And I don't know what, you know, the, again, the pandemic has thrown us all off. And sometimes finding a rhythm has been really difficult. But building those habits in of prayer, of worship, of reading scripture, of gathering together in our small groups or um, whatever that might be. You know, we have prayer meetings every morning, 7.30 to 7.45, every lunchtime, 12.30 to 12.45, online, 15 minutes. Join in. Make it a habit. What a beautiful community that, community that is. And you know what's apparent to me? Throughout history, every move of God that has been significant has started with a few people gathering to pray regularly. These things don't happen with prayer. And so work prayer in. And if you can make those meetings, make them. But pray anyway. Worship Anyway, gather in your small groups. Anyway, read the Bible regularly. And you know the apps now, like Lectio 365 is a fabulous daily Bible study that if you can work it into your rhythm, it pours this stuff into our soul and it writes it on our hearts. If you've got the Bible app and you, it's not, you haven't got space for it at the bottom of the page, and it, someone reads it to you. Technology, hey? It's amazing. But let's invest in these things. Be focused. We need to prioritize. And if you feel like, oh, do you know what? I'm not sure whether I should go to church today. Be here. I'm not sure whether I should go to my small group tonight or not. Be there. You know, one of the things that I think has happened to us in the pandemic is we always were just a bit more reluctant and cautious about a whole bunch of things. But we need to be brave and we need to be strong and we need to be courageous. And we need to step out and we need to join in and we need to connect. Which leads me to our third. We need to be family. You know, we... The whole idea of the body of Christ is that we're family. This is the language that Jesus used. And in this passage that we've looked at, even those people who ultimately weren't going to be going into the promised land, there's people going, well, that's not our calling. You know, I mean, bless you. You guys go. You guys go and fight Jericho. You guys go and take the land. But, you know, we're actually, this is what God called us to. This is what God promised us. And God says, no, 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 you go together. Whether it's what God's called you specifically to do or not, you are family. You are together. So you go and you do this together and you stand alongside and you encourage and you fight alongside and you, and you spur on. And when it's done, then come back and do the thing that you're called to do. It's a beautiful model of family. We do this stuff together. And as we emerge into whatever we emerge into. We have to make those choices to connect. We're going to spend some time, you know, we're um, investing in our small groups because we think that's really important. We're investing in our pastoral care because we think that's really important. We feel like we need to do some regrouping and reconnecting as soon as we can. We're just going to throw some parties. 
We'll think of some reasons. We've still got some parties that are overdue. We need to celebrate Alan Partington. Still, we haven't done that one yet, and we need to do that. But there's some parties that are due, but we'll make up some too, because we just want to have some fun, right? Isn't that, don't we just need to do a bit of that? Like, just enjoy ourselves and connect and be family and celebrate together and laugh together. We need to be family. We need to be faithful. We need to be focused. And we need to be family. Because the world is hungry. Our community is hungry. We talk about living out faith, hope and love in our community. But my word, are those important things right now. For a community and a society that everything we put our faith in has been found to not be trustworthy. Whether that be institutions, whether that be ideals and principles like capitalism or whatever it might be, it doesn't feel as safe as it felt, right? It doesn't feel as reliable as it felt. It doesn't feel as faith-worthy, faith-worthy as it felt. And I think in our community, people are wanting to know what they can trust in. And we get to live that out because we believe that we are part of this story where we are called to live out the restoration of all things, to partner in the restoration of all things with God, this big story where all things are reunited and reconciled through Christ. And we get to partner and participate in that, our faith, that Jesus is the revelation of what God is like. Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. Our faith that we are his family and that we are called to love extravagantly. The world needs it. Our community needs it. Our neighbours need that. And hope, my goodness, how difficult is hope. And yet we are called to be people of hope, to carry hope for people when they can't hold it for themselves. And love. We believe in a God who is love. And our community is hurting, our nation is hurting, our world is hurting, and we get to live out love. We get to model something in our community, in how we love one another, is how the world will know that you are my disciples. We need to be faithful to that calling, that we live this out every day, everywhere, every one of us. We need to be focused in how we live this out, how we connect, how we relate, how we pray, how we worship, how we celebrate, how we build our faith on each other, how we walk this path of discipleship. And we need to be family with each other, where we bear with each other and we forgive quickly and we encourage regularly. And we persevere even if.